Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on, Post Sunday Podcasters? I hope you guys are having a fabulous week. We are here in episode 33. I'm excited. Momentum's building, but I'm with my man, the one and only Pastor Tim Grandstaff. Old What's Testament. up, my man? We're done. We're done with the Old Testament. Now, that, that sounds bad to like celebrate. Out with the old and with right? the new? Can, we, someone, can we say that or no? If someone's listening for the first time, like <laughs> these guys are celebrating and they're done. Whoa. They have no idea why, yeah. Yeah. but they'll find out as they continue to listen or watch with us. But 32 yes. weeks in the Old Testament as we're walking through the Bible in a year, and now we enter the new. It's yes. going to be awesome. It's going to be good, man. We're really excited to uh, get into now... Um, the main, the man, the main character that we have been waiting for, our Messiah, Jesus. Um, we're excited about that. Yeah. He enters the picture now, and week 33 is that week. But uh, if you're new with us, thank you for joining us and being with us in this never-ending story series. We're the Post-Sunday Podcast. We are stemmed out of Genesis Church Orlando. We are in East Orlando. If you want to come check us out, we got an 8.15 service, 9.30 and 11. We air online at 9.30 and 11 live. You're more than welcome to check out what we do, how we do uh, with uh, this entire thing. But uh, if you want to follow along with us, we're basically going through a full year-long Bible a study together. We started Genesis 1 on January 1, and then we're working our way all, to Re- all the way to Revelation. So we're right at that halfway mark now as we're transitioning from the Old Testament to the New Testament. But if you want to get unpack all that, binge, have all the resources available, you can find it at genesischurchorlando.com backslash the never-ending story. Find it all there. And for us, uh, particularly with the post-Sunday podcast, type in post-Sunday podcast. On all uh, streaming platforms, you can find us there. You can find us uh, on Instagram, um, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, Follow us, subscribe, listen, uh, and hit that notification bell to be alerted every single time we get a video out for you guys. But I'm excited. Let's get right to it, man. As as we just unveiled everything that has happened in 32 weeks. Yes. Like we started this as maybe a discipleship piece for our church. And then it has just grown and swelled to people listening and watching from everywhere. Yes. Not just from America. We're finding out, which has just been really cool to see Super cool. the influence of what is happening on the podcast. You know what it shows me? It shows me that people want to know God's word. Yes. They're looking for something to help them really understand it. That's our goal on this is to to not only take you further into the word, but also bring some application to it as we think about life and culture and all the things around us. Um, but when I think about that, you're like YouTube, TikTok. I don't know what else we're on, but you named a whole bunch. Yeah. We are trying to build a pod team. So for those local 
that listen and they're like, Hey, I got some skills or I got some talents in marketing and, and media and social media. And I know about podcasting and you want to come help us yeah. take this to new levels, reach out. Yes, please do. We would love to, uh, just get you guys, uh, working and, and being a part of that. If that's something that you desire to be a part of, but I just want to, I was shooting, I was looking at some statistics here, uh, just to kind of shoot it out there. Um, we are at, uh, just Spotify alone, 184 followers. That's fantastic, man. I'm, I'm really excited about bad. that. You don't know, iTunes, YouTube, we've got all those. Yeah, we got, we so, got those as well. And all those other platforms that yep. we're listening. And, and so we're just trying to leverage the influence that God is giving us big time as far as we possibly can for those who want to really walk in the story of God. Yes, That's the beauty of it. Now we don't want to do that double time. <laughs> we, <laughs> we had were told that. Yeah. We, uh, where, where was it? Where, where did I see that? Some one people listen to podcasts like in 1.5 speed yes. and in double time. Cause that's how their mind works. I can't do it. No. But some do, and some did, and then told us that we sound drunk. Yeah, yeah. We, double we, speed. We, yeah. So my goal right now, let's talk real slow. <laughs> and then let that person at double time tell yeah. us how we sound. This yeah. No, we had a comment uh, from one of our followers on Instagram. Uh, they went on and said, listening to the podcast today, reminder to Tim that the disciples in Acts 2 we're also accused of being drunk when they were really just filled with the Holy Spirit. So no need to worry about seeming <laughs> drunk. We know that y'all are just bar, bar, uh, bearing fruit of the Spirit. That's it, Let's baby. Go. It's the Spirit. Yo. If we sound drunk, we're just <laughs> thriving on the Spirit of God. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Can you imagine if you used that as a child when you... Maybe you did something you shouldn't have. <laughs> Mom, I swear. <laughs> I just I promise I just you. with the spirit of God. I promise yeah, you. you. Your breath doesn't smell sure. like it. <laughs> your breath doesn't smell like it. Um, awesome, awesome. Well, we uh, we want to get right to our segment. We got producer Alexis with us today. We traded Stanton <laughs> back for Alexis for the New Testament episode one podcast. Yes, yes. Time now for Pastor Johnny and Pastor Tim to drop that spiritual knowledge on you. This is the PSP Question of the Day. Well, hello, guys. I'm back. Hello. Okay. Hold on, hold on, Alexis. We have to record that intro because we can't have Stanton's voice and then your voice following. Yeah, I You know. have to have one, too, that, that just is like, I do. time for the PSPQ with your voice. Yeah, I, I agree. It's that, okay. That would make yeah. it much better. That, that'll do right now. I yeah. just said we didn't have Stanton, and then his voice came in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of Stanton is with us. Um, but anyways, the question for today is, did the people of the Old Testament have the Holy Spirit? If yes, how do we know? If no, who or what was their guide? Ooh. Great question. Nice. We have the Holy Spirit. Yes, we do. In double time. <laughs> That's going to be a That's t-shirt. It's going to be our thing every There's single time. There's our first merch. <laughs> PSP podcast. Double time. They have the spirit. Two X <laughs> <laughs> on our chest. Yeah. Um, so um, how do we know the people of the Old Testament had the spirit? 
because God's word tells us. Yeah. And so I don't want to make it that simple. But uh, the story starts out that way. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the Spirit mm. hovered over the waters of, of the darkness, hovered over the chaos. And in that, he created. And so it already tells us at the very beginning that the Spirit of God is there and exists. However, the stories that we have looked at already show us that. While they had God's presence in the tabernacle and they had God's presence in the temple, you take you know the story of King Saul and the story of King David, and it says that the Holy Spirit rushed upon them. And so therefore, it simply tells us that the Holy Spirit did exist to guide them and lead them. And, um, and so it's not just a New Testament thing. And I think that is what people think or lean into that it's just an acts chapter two, you know, when they're all in the room and they're praying and the Holy spirit arrives, you know, like, like flaming tongues. And, 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 and so, and they, they go out and they start preaching the gospel in different unknown languages that that's when the Holy spirit arrived. The Holy spirit's been there from the very beginning. And the Holy Spirit is there in stories of the Old Testament that we've looked at. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. That's a great, great answer to that question. Uh, if you guys got more questions, we uh, we definitely, we love to hear from you. Uh, send us over some some more questions on everything, even if it's something in the, in the back end or in the front end of this entire series uh, in January or February. Post Sunday podcast at gmail.com. You can email us. You can uh DM us on Instagram, TikTok, any of those platforms, and we'll definitely reach out and um, and ha- we'll possibly have the opportunity to feature your question with us. But um, Pastor Tim, week thirty three, yes, it's been incredible, and uh, you did something a little bit more unique um, in regards to this approach, the way you went about it. Talk to us a little bit about about that and how you really. Just your thought process in in really the transition and everything as you as you did yeah, on so Sunday. For those listening that don't go to Genesis, uh, as we open up the New Testament here in Orlando, it's back to school week, so it's even back to school Sunday for us, which is just a moment where it's kind of like everybody's calendars get reset, you know. So everybody starts thinking about their patterns and their routines again, and because like for me, when summer shows up, yeah. The, the rails fall off, you know, we're everywhere and it just summer's gone in the blink of an eye. Summer's a busy season. It's not the down season. It it's is. not the vacation time. I learned that time a lot that this stuff, year. Right? Yeah. I love school because now everything settles into a more set routine. Yeah, I agree. So we use this moment and we did in mapping out this year as we're walking through the story of God that we would get to Jesus at this moment. When everybody's done kind of with their summer and we rally back together, this is where we want to to land in the story. But Sunday, I I tried my best to share it in story form because that's what we've been talking about, the never-ending story. And so sometimes it's better understood, and I believe often it is, in story. That's the power of of what a great story is all about. There's not a movie you've seen. There's not a book someone's read that the stories in them are what, what drive their, their, their joy and whatever they've read or whatever they saw, you know, why they go back to it. That's the power of it. And we say that we believe the best story ever told is God's story. And so what I wanted to do is kind of in a narrative form, 
Tell the story of the Old Testament, where we've been for 32 years, that gets us to Jesus. And and to do it in a way that I don't expect everyone to to do what I did, per se. Yeah. But if you're listening or you're watching, here's here's one of our goals. Our goal is that as we walk through the never-ending story of God, you become more comfortable with the story of God so that you can tell it. Yeah. There's so many people that they they say they believe in Jesus. They say they they're a Christian. They say they're a believer. They I follow God. I I I I live by the Bible. But then someone does to say, "Well, tell me tell me about that. Tell me tell me what that means. Tell me what that looks like." And they freeze and they 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 stutter and they they get all inhibited and so I want people to get to a point where you can talk about the story of God mm. naturally, right? Yeah. So let, let's put it this way. If I was to ask you about your wife and kids, you would not tell me, let me go back and study and come back to you with a eight page written paper. <laughs> you wouldn't say, Hey, let me come back to you and let me go home and let me create a PowerPoint presentation you know, with four bullet points and, you know, all this stuff, you would just naturally speak about your wife and your kids. Yeah. The joys, the memories, the things you do, the things you're about, how you came together, all that stuff, because it's part of you. And we want the Bible to be such a part of you that you can tell the story in ways you never thought possible. That's good, man. And so, um, Part of me wishes you would have channeled your Morgan Freeman voice a little bit to start to kick this thing off in the beginning, God. Negative (laughs) (laughs) 2.0. Negative 2 speed versus double speed. One, I sound drunk. The other, I sound like Morgan Freeman. However you want to listen to me, you just speed up or slow down your podcast and you'll get it. Yeah, you will get it. Yeah, so... Uh, you went, like you, like you said, very story form. You wanted to, uh, just kind of build this from kind of surprised us from the front end now working your way, you know, kind of almost a a recap, a reminder of how, how all this stuff really tied in, you know, cause it's, it's easy just to focus on last week's and you forget how everything everything ran into last week. So uh, you kicked it off in the beginning, God. Yeah, it's Uh, those four words change everything. So for the person that is wondering about the Bible, you go back to the reality that for the Hebrew people, they would tell you that those four words are the on-ramp to the rest of the story. So if you don't believe those four words, put the rest of the book down. You know, we've said this before. Now, that doesn't mean someone shouldn't keep reading because God's going to reveal himself in it. But it's the power of it. The reason I'm picking up this story is because I believe in the beginning God or I'm curious in the beginning God, Mm. right? If you don't have one of those perspectives on it, you're going to miss the reality that the rest of it flows out of that and it sets the stage for the rest. Like you said, if you're writing the movie, it is Morgan Freeman's voice. It is. It's like the screen is black in the theater and the text just comes up. And before you see like 
any scenery, anything, you just hear that voice in the beginning. God. God. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's how I want to say like, it. That'd be great. Like, I, maybe we're starting to write a movie. Someone will listen and they're like, we're going to produce what you guys are, are, are doing yeah. type of a deal. But more royalties, by the way. Th- yes, exactly. Yeah. So we can get merch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, we need sponsorships, please. I'm tossing it out there. Someone's gonna be like, ah, double time. We're yeah, gonna, yeah. We'll keep going to that. Whatever. Case. No yeah. Bud Light. Uh, yeah. no sponsorships. <laughs> um, so you, you get this moment where these four words not only change everything, these four words will force you to choose mm. throughout the rest of the story. Do I believe it's this God and he's the creator or do I believe a different story? Mm. And that is not just a question you will be forced to ask reading the Bible. That is a spiritual question you have to ask yourself really every day of your life. Do I really believe God? Do I really believe in God? Do I really believe God can? Do I really believe God did? Do I really believe God will? Mm. That's what we're getting through in this story. God did, God can, and God will, right, at the end of it all. So now that's my spiritual barometer and funnel for my faith wow. is the same at the beginning of the story. Yeah. And I think like you said, man, is that, is that a measure of how our faith is, uh, how, how it's measured in the beginning, God, like in the beginning of my life, God, the start of my day, God, uh, it just everything, right. It begins and ends with God. So I, I, I love that. I love that you said, uh, if you have a problem with these four words in scripture, then you need to really evaluate things or if you don't believe that, right? Right. So you move right into Genesis one twenty six, and one of the things you say is, let us make man in our image. That's another powerful statement that you you make through scripture there. Yeah, um, that even goes back to the PSPQ. That yep. is... That is the the beauty of what God is doing with humanity. Yeah. So for the for that person today that wonders if they have value, if they're important, if if they matter in God's story, mm. it takes you back to the very beginning. This God grabs dirt from the ground, he molds it, shapes it, he breathes his breath of life into it. And he declares, let us make man in our image. So this is, we go all the way back to the story. We didn't do this on Sunday. This is the call of all believers. This is your vocation. You can have a career. You can have a talent. You can have a skill. Your vocation as a, as a human being, if you believe this is God's story, is to be an image bearer of God to the world. Wow. Wherever you go, I think back to Rush Camp. Our, yeah. our students went to in Daytona back at the beginning of June. And the final night, Pastor Brian says, you are a missionary in disguise, right? That's what he taught them. And it was so awesome. I mean, how many kids' lives were changed that night and we're, yeah. we're praying with them and we're coming through. You're a doctor, you think, no, you're a missionary disguised as a doctor. Mm. You're 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 a you're a banker. No, you're a missionary disguised as a banker. No, I'm a teacher. No, you're a teacher, a missionary disguised as a teacher. Why? Because the core of who we are to be is image bearers. That's our mission. That's what makes us missionaries. We have a goal and a mission on this earth to bear the image of God. And so he not only declares that vocation at the beginning of his story for all of us which would make anybody listening or watching go, what I do matters and how I do it. 
you're a real estate agent. You're a missionary disguised as a real estate agent, mm. right? You, you're 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 uh, an athlete. You're a missionary disguised as an athlete, right? Your platform, your your talent, your skill is to make God known to the world. This is yeah. what He wanted Israel to do. Now all this starts to literally infiltrate our lives on yeah. a daily basis, right? Yeah. And just like any good story, um, there has to be both the good yeah. and the bad. Yeah. And so, you know, here we are now, we're dealing with uh, sin. Sin made its way into God's creation. Uh, Satan himself came in the picture to deceive humanity and pull them as far from their creator as possible. That's the goal. Steal, kill, and destroy is what the enemy is out there to do. But when sin showed up, it came with real consequences. Death and distance from God's created and, and intended way of life. Death and distance, right? And so uh, it would bring a brokenness. Talk to us about that. And how yeah, so that's... The story at the very beginning matters. I think back, you know, when we entered this, we stayed a while in Genesis. So you're like, how are we going to get to Revelation? Yeah. In, in the next 51 <laughs> yeah. weeks after week one, if we're in Genesis for 12 weeks, because it's laying the foundation. It's like, it's, it's, it's not just part one of a, of a series. It's, it's the core of everything you need to see and understand. And so when, when sin shows up, uh, it's real. It has those real consequences and all of a sudden it shatters everything. And it is why we have to understand how powerful sin is from mm. the adversary, Satan, you know, the deceiver. These are, these are the terms and the titles that he carries, you know, as Lucifer, he's, he's jealous of what God has done that this creation is created to give him glory and to give him worship. And he, he wants that. So now I'm going to pull you as far from being able to do that with your creator as, fo as possible. And when you, when you look at the beginning of the story, there's, there's a question I was reading by someone last week um, and something that I was studying and they were like, um, well, if, if, if sin brought death, how come Adam still lived like 900 more years? <laughs> like he didn't die immediately. Right. It would bring death. Right? That's it's part of it. But the first thing it caused was distance. Yeah. Right? They're Death now relationship. brought out of the garden of Eden, out of paradise. They are, they're no longer allowed to be there. They, they, they have given that up, which is what gets echoed what? In the promised land? God brings them into a promised land. Their sin causes distance between them and God and distance between them and their land. They're not, you know, and when they come back, it's never really theirs again, right? So there's some symmetry. We keep talking about mm. that, that we've now learned in the story. But at the same time, it, it, it brings that full distance from God, that brokenness. So now, shalom, this word peace in the Hebrew language, is not just peace like, oh, we need shalom. We need, we need two countries to stop fighting each other and shooting and dropping bombs on each other. Peace is has like depth in it according to what God created. So peace is peace with God, peace with myself, peace with others, and peace with creation around me. That's the full definition of shalom, like a, like a four-tier layer of it. So therefore, when sin shows up and it brings destruction, chaos, mm. 
now it's brokenness. Brokenness between man and creator, man and God. Brokenness between man and self. They run and hide in shame. Brokenness between man and each other. They blame each other and then eventually blame the serpent. And then brokenness with creation. The very thing God said you're going to steward you know, the the, the, the creation and yeah. have dominion over, you're now going to work it to the sweat of your brow type of a deal. So now you see these consequences really playing out then, but they're still play out now as they were playing out through the nation of Israel all throughout the Old Testament. Yeah, wow. Still the God who created the world and said it was good in his goodness declared this in Genesis 3.15 as you went on. I will put enmity deep-rooted hatred between you, Satan, and the woman Eve, between your offspring and her offspring. He, Jesus, shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Yeah, I mean, as you're reading that, the, some of those are more in, in uh, uh, italics that we mm-hmm. put in there to, to put the emphasis yeah, on what's yeah. being talked about because people can read Genesis 3 immediately and not know what it's really referring to and saying. The beauty of this God who created everything in order and said it is good. Every time he creates something, he steps back and says, and it is good. Um, In his goodness, even in our selfishness and sinfulness, steps forward at the beginning of a story. So when people are like, God's not a good God, he's a judgmental God, he's an angry God, he immediately steps forward and it is in that moment we are given the promise of everything Sunday and we've been marching for for 32 weeks. It begins in Genesis 3. He says, there will be deep-rooted hatred, enmity between you, he's talking at this moment in Genesis 3 to Satan, and between her talking to Eve, meaning this is not just between you, this is how it's going to look for the rest of the world. There will always be hatred between your offspring and her offspring, but there's going to be one of her offspring who's going to arrive, and he is going to bruise the head. Some translations say, crush your head. You know, it's that picture in, you know, if you've ever seen uh, the Passion of the Christ where he stomps the head of the serpent in in the garden when he's praying at the very beginning. It's that picture. And then it says, and you shall bruise his heel because this is that point we know now of the crucifixion. For a moment, Satan's like, I got him. Who's this, who's this Savior, right? He's hanging on a cross being crucified. So you bruised him, but he's going to crush you because he's coming out of that grave, right? The very thing sin brought death and separation, the resurrection brings victory over, right? Life and, and redemption back to the relationship God wanted to restore with us. So here it is in Genesis 3. This is the moment. Now, the rest of everything we start reading, we start studying, the rest of the stories and the pieces, when they start talking about the blessing from Abraham, this is all flowing from a promise all the way back in the garden. Wow. And God was just, he was so grieved. I mean, here we are that in Genesis, that that. We, 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 we go through that, but it, things would become so evil that brother would murder his, even, his, uh, his own brother, Cain and Abel. We run into that story. Yeah, sin's and, like an infection, right? Yeah. So it, it's, it's, uh, it's infectious and it spreads. If, you know, he tells Cain, uh, you must lord over it. 
You must mm. recognize it and you must lord over it. And we, we get through the story and, and we keep reading. And really, that's what we've been doing for 32 weeks, right? We, we, we said, you know, two weeks ago that it's like a depressing state. Like, good gosh, do, do people just keep sinning against God? And we're trying to get our listeners and, and watchers to also say, look, well, how many times do you keep repeating it, mm. right? Don't just point out their repetition and their stubbornness and their spiritual blindness to their sin. Yeah. Get Become aware of yours. Wake up. Look in the mirror. And look in the mirror and ask yeah. yourself, do I keep going back to the same sin? Yep. Do I keep watching the same thing? Do I keep going back to that relationship? Do I keep taking that substance? Whatever it is, do I keep going back mm. and doing the same sin? And we find that. And so now we know as we were marching through the story, we get to the point where he's so grieved, he wants to just get rid of all of creation. Yeah. And then he finds Noah a righteous one. Mm. And there's like a shadow of the Messiah in that because yeah. he's 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 the righteous one that we read about, the first one. And the name of Noah means rest. Mm. So it's like God chooses the one that's righteous to rest upon, but also being rest to the rest of creation because it's going to kind of be like a recreation. And yet it's the very thing that God was, it's like, it's like, I think in a deep symbolic way, God's taken us back to the garden. Day seven, he says, just rest. I created all this, Adam, Eve, you'll have lots of work to do, mm. but I'm in control. And here we are in the story and he chooses a man named Noah, whose name means rest as if to say, yeah, we're starting kind of over again at the same time, just rest and know that I'm in control of the whole thing. Yeah. And he, in that, he makes that promise. Hey, listen, I will never flood creation again. Right. And he would use the beautiful symbol of what we see now as a rainbow to depict that um, and always to remind us of his compassion and his promise towards us. Yet, sin would weave itself through humanity over and over again. And so God would find one man, a willing man, an obedient man, he would ask him to leave everything he had, everything he knew, and everything he clung on. Who is that man? So we're at Abraham, yeah, right? The forefather of, of the nation of Israel. Yep. And for every person listening, Jew or Gentile, the forefather of our faith, the obedient man that when God said go, he went. And then God told him, you know, in Genesis 12, I'm going to make you a great nation. So Israel has not even come about yet. Yep. And he's already told him what he's going to do, how he's going to work this plan. And then he tells him, I'm going to bless the world through you. So now Abraham becomes the beginning, really, of, of not just the nation of Israel, of God's redemptive covenant plan that, hey, what I promised back in Genesis 3 is coming through you to the rest of the world. And so now you start getting, you know, his son Isaac and Jacob, and they, they're they pieces of the story, and they matter because everything in this, in this matters because it's all leading us to Jesus. This is what week 33 is all about. It's all about Jesus. It's how we say everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus, and everything in the New Testament points back to Jesus. He is the center of it all. He is the central figure of it all. So when you get to Isaac and God says, Abraham, oh, you, you're going to be obedient? Let's see how far you'll be obedient. Yeah. Sacrifice your one and only son. Well, we know now that's foreshadowing of something, right? 
But it's not just what he asks of him. It's where he asks him to do it. Go to Mount Moriah. That's the same mountain that will one day become where Jerusalem, the city, rests. So, mm-hmm. hey, you go give your one and only son on this mountain. And then he stops him when he grabs the knife. And what does he show him? A lamb. And now we get to Jesus and we know in the story that on that same mountain, the lamb of God comes to be sacrificed and take away the sins of the world. So now all of a sudden this story that seems so big and so vast and so departmentalized, oh wait, I could read the story of Isaac and I could already start to see Jesus as Savior and and what God is doing in his plan before I even get to Jesus. That's the beauty. Yeah, it's like you see uh, different characteristics of Jesus within these central figures. Yes. You see pieces, right? You know, each one exemplifies a certain and thing. through all. Yeah, all yeah. And you see that. And so that's, it's great. Um, and then as he's, he's, he's had that time of obedience, now his son, the Isaac, is growing up. Yep. And, Jacob. And now we're, we're going into, now he's an older man. Isaac has his son Jacob, um, and whom God would rename. He would rename him Israel. Yep. And so the name in which people would bear, he would have twelve sons, who would make up the twelve tribes of Israel. And so upon his death, he would bless his son and would turn to one son in particular, is a son named Judah. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I got to kind of mingle in this a little bit. Yep. Um. And that was one of the, you know, one of the sons you, you know, you, you didn't see that coming. Yeah. And you now hindsight, how awesome is it for someone that's been with us? And we're like, okay, just two weeks ago, we talked about Judah, the last tribe of Israel. Mm. And then a week ago, we talked about in the book of Ezra, Judah coming back. So we're talking about this tribe who goes all the way back to the story of Jacob that we learned, you know, five weeks in or six weeks into this adventure together. And that child that he named becomes, you know, the the forefather of that that tribe of Israel. That's insane. And then he turns to him and blesses him. And in that blessing to that son, he says, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until tribute comes to him. And to him shall be the obedience of all the peoples. So Jacob turns to his son Judah and says, the promise to your great-grandfather, Abraham, the scepter of the king who's coming that was promised back in Genesis 3 is coming through your tribe. Wow. And now we start to see that being played out. Wow. Wow. As well. That's, that's, That's powerful, man. This is just, this is you, man. The, 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 the biblical nerd that you are like, this is, this is your bread and butter right now, Let's man. All like, geek out right now. <laughs> I, I could just, I'm feeling this, uh, this passion right now, but sin would continue, man. It, it, and again, here we are once again, sin finds its way to work and thread itself within the children of Abraham and his offspring and brother would sell a brother. And eventually an entire nation of people were known as Israel would end up in captivity under the rule and reign of a hard-hearted ruler named Pharaoh. Yeah. So now you get to a point in the story that will be mirrored Yeah. in what we just said Sunday. 
there will be years of silence for for Israel. They're in captivity and bondage. Where are you, God? Are you listening? Yeah. Do you hear me? They're crying out to him. Send us a rescuer. Send us a savior. We know we don't belong in this place. You promised through Abraham that you would bless the world through us. There's no way you can do that if we stay in this state. And so we find out that God hears their cries. He raises up a man named Moses to come be their rescuer, to lead them out. Within the story, he tells them, you know, hey, I'm going to, through you, do signs and wonders and miracles, and these events are going to happen, but it's really going to boil down to one moment where I'm going to come down and I'm going to come down and I'm going to take the firstborn son of everybody in Egypt. And the only way you're going to survive, how are you going to survive, Israel? How are you going to get out of this night? You're going to take the blood of a lamb. You're going to put it over your doorpost. And when I see the blood of the sacrifice lamb on your door, you will be saved on this night and you will come out. Wow. And we're back to Abraham and Isaac were in Moses, and we know where this story goes now into the New Testament. And so this is the beauty because it's just marching us along. And what people don't understand, and I can't wait. I don't know who teaches this part, so I don't want to give it away. There's a part later where we're introduced to Jesus. I'm not sure who's teaching what week yet in the New Testament and all this stuff. Um, but it's going to take us back to Exodus chapter or Deuteronomy chapter 18. There's a moment where Moses will turn to the nation of Israel and he will tell them this, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you. So they're going to they're gonna spend the rest of their life looking for two types of people. We learned this earlier. One like Moses and one like Elijah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. That's what they're going to look for. Jesus will be on a mountain with Peter, James, and John, the Mount Transfiguration. Who do they see with Jesus? Moses, Moses and Elijah. But that's not it. He says, he's going to raise up one like me from among you. So this is continue that promise of God that gets us to Jesus. And then he says this, from your brothers, and you shall listen to him. That's the key. Now, I'm not going to connect it. Maybe someone listening right now can connect that. But we're going to connect that because there's a moment in Jesus' life where that would take everybody back to this passage of Scripture all the way back to the words of Moses. So it's that continuation of we know what God promised. We believe in the beginning God created. We know what he said he'd do through Abraham, and we're all part of this story. Mm. Let's go, man. Ooh, said, wow. I don't know where we're going this week because wow. <laughs> of the way it was crafted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said, "Hey, we're just gonna start talking about Jesus, yes. and we're gonna see how this all just goes straight through. Just, just goes because it all has symmetry. Again, you know, there's tying, there's tie-in with everything that comes. But uh, here we are um, once again. So uh, from Moses, right? We're we're we've now um, that's happened. They yep. would uh, you get Joshua, all the stories we've talked about. Yep, you get yep. them in the promised land. You get them spying. Now, then you get to the kings, right? At some yep. point, they're in the promised land, and, and we were like King Saul, King David, and what we found was this: no one gets it right, <laughs> right? So that's that's a little redundant, but correct. Like no one gets it right. There's there's like despair in that probably like no one can get this right but there's reality in it 
You can't. Yeah. None of us can. None of us can get this right. It's good. None of us can get this perfect. It reminds us we have to have the one who can. Mm. So Saul doesn't get it right. David, man after God's own heart, still messes up. Solomon builds the temple of God. You did a great job preaching about that. But then he pretty much disobeys half of God's laws and commandments for a king to even exist. Yeah. And we keep looking at these great leaders and they keep faltering. And we easily say, don't put your faith and trust in man. But more times than not, we do. How many people do we deal with on a weekly basis that have lost distrust in God and the church because of a leader or a pastor, mm. right? And they would say, I know I'm not supposed to put my faith and trust in them, but they burned me so bad, I want nothing to do with God. So let me get this straight. You want nothing to do with God because of a human being. That, that was, then that meant you were, you were basing it and beginning it off the wrong thing anyways. Mm. I want everything to do with God because of who God is and what God does, not because of the people around me. I hope to see God in the people around me, but I don't, I, don't, I don't put my faith and trust in God because of the people around me. And we see in Scripture, no one can get it right. No one's perfect, reminding us over and over again. And in God's story, no matter how great and mighty they are, yeah. they're not good enough because you can't be good enough. Only one can. Yeah. And so we see even uh, as we move along here, but, Isaiah, Jeremiah, even the great prophet Elijah couldn't get the people to listen to God. So one prophet would give a f- this final message, and we find that in, uh, I don't know if you want to move. Yeah, I don't know. Yep, yep. Yep. So Malachi, this is where we connect. This is, in our Old Testament, this is the last book, not Ezra. Yes, yes. <laughs> Malachi. Yes, yes. And in the, the very end of it, it says this, it says, behold, I will send you one like Elijah the prophet. So there it is. They're looking mm. for one like Moses. They're looking for one like Elijah. Moses is the greatest. Abraham's a forefather of their faith. Moses is the greatest leader in all of Israel. The greatest story. It's Mount Sinai. It's the commandments of God. David is the greatest king. And Elijah is the greatest prophet. I'm going to send you one is coming like Elijah, right? Before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he, this person that's going to come, will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. And so he says, this person's coming and he's going to, he's going to redeem and reclaim and he's bringing what the world needs because of the chaos of sin in it. And they've been forewarned. They've been told. I think there's something like, I believe, and it may not be the exact number. It's like 55 Old Testament prophecies about this coming rescuer and savior. So for the person that wants to justify or, or try to, you know, rationalize in their mind that Jesus is just made up. He's not the son of God. He's not who he claimed to be. You have to take over 55 different prophecies written over spans of years, spoken by different prophets and messengers written by different writers and say, how does all of that show up in this one person? Yeah. 
discount that for a moment, mm. right? And, and figure that out in your head because they all keep pointing to this person, Jesus. Yeah. But even they would not fully open both hands and surrender to the creator who hovered over the darkness and spoke the world into existence. So here we are. Things would go silent for 400 years. Yep. No kings, no judges, no prophets. That's a long time. Imagine. So we're it's echoing kind of Israel in captivity. Yeah. In in Egypt. 400 years silence. God's like I set kings you you chose kings, then I gave you a king. Um then I sent judges, spiritual judges in your life. I gave you that. I gave you prophets to speak messages from me you listen to none of them wow so you've been brought back you were exiled we brought you back after 70 years why because the scepter shall not depart from judah this is the prophetic word jacob spoke over his son that that comes through the story judah has to come back because god has a plan that he's going to bring through them but there's silence for 400 years. That's insane. So for the person that is like, I've been trying to, to hear from God and he hasn't spoken to me in the last week. Hmm. Imagine 400 years. <laughs> Do you still believe? Do you still trust? Wow. Do you still, and we're talking generations pass away. Yeah. You know, it's the people right now. Where's your God? Well, he came 2000 years ago. Why, 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 why hasn't he come back? Yeah, it's it's been a long time. Maybe 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 it's not true. Maybe maybe I don't want to believe it. Maybe maybe it's just made up. Maybe it's some old ancient thing and we've carried it on for far too long and it's time we wake up and realize it's not happening. I mean, can you see Israel possibly doing the same thing? Hardening and for their 400 hearts. years and it's the song you sing Waymaker, right? Even when I don't see it even when I can't feel it, even when I can't hear it, you're still working, right? You're working all around me. And God for these 400 years is working for his time and his moment. And we turn the pages of the story and we open it up and we get to this thing called the New Testament. And we begin to read the beginning letters recorded in the Gospels. And all of a sudden it tells us that 400 years later, some magi, some wise men show up and they're like, hey, there's a star in the sky. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. They've been there for a long time. Since the very beginning, God created it. And then he told Abraham, there's so many of them. Try to count them. No, there's one star in the sky. This one's different. This one's signaling something. Mm. And then all of a sudden, it's not a prophet. It's not a judge. It's not a king. It's an angel. It's like God's realm opens up into our realm, and he says, oh, tonight to a bunch of shepherds, there's a new message. After 400 years, there's a new message, and an angel's going to come declare this one. I'm not, I'm not using anybody down there. I'm coming declaring this one differently, 
And this one's going to begin this message with, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. Like this is the trumpet blast. This is the heavenly host singing. This is, this is what just happened. The skies opened up. God stepped from his realm into our realm and has made a proclamation ending 400 years of silence. Good news of great joy has come on this night. Like, please, someone write a movie. Mm-hmm. I, you don't need to write a movie. The book tells you. Read the story. But, but to see it visually and to be there on that night, this is it. This is everything our people have been looking for for thousands of years. This is the promise from Genesis 3. This is the, 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 uh, the prophecy of Jacob to Judah. This is what I, Isaiah told us about, Jeremiah told us about, Malachi told us about. This is it. This is the moment. It is here. Good news. That word good news Yeah, yeah. is where we get in the Greek. Our word for evangelism. It is, uh, in the Greek, it is euangelion is the word for good news. It's where we get evangelism. It's where we get evangelical. All these terms that we use, because that's what we do. We evangelize. We share good news. Our culture has made that a really bad word. I'm an evangelical because I'm a carrier of the good news. People try to box us into some label with that. This good news came. It's a declaration that great news has arrived. Yeah, that's fantastic. When Jesus arrived, hope arrived, redemption arrived, salvation arrived, love arrived, joy arrived. Just as God said and just as he promised. Yep. Which was the author and the giver of life, our creator of all things. He wrote the story. He enacted the plan. It's like, listen, all right, I've given you what you guys want. Now now it's my turn. I, I give you... I've given you what you want, but this is what you need. Yeah. And I'm going to be the one to do it. Yep. That's good. When you're the author and the creator of it all, you, <laughs> you know. You can do whatever you want. You know man. what people need. You can do yeah. what you want. Yeah. You, it's yours to write and yours to dictate. Yeah. You know, and some people might say like, well, why didn't God just bring Jesus after sin showed up with Adam and Eve? Um, We can't answer that. And we're not given the right to know that. He's God. His ways and thoughts are greater than ours. And his time is different. All I know is that like in Galatians 4, it says in the New Testament that at the fullness of time, he sent Jesus Christ to the world. Whatever that fullness of time was, whether it was to allow us to see how real sin is and how destructive it is, whether it was for us to see that no one can do this perfectly and no one else has the power to make it happen, if it was for us to see that at the end of it all, you have to make a choice to trust that in the beginning God or trust your own way and your own path, one leads you to everlasting life, one leads you to eternal separation from God, whatever that fullness of time was, God knew when it was and God knew when the promise was coming and sent Jesus to the world. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, yeah. God told us the promise was coming. God never changed his plan to bring redemption to the world. God wrote a story to show us and remind us that when all seemed hopeless, when all was silent, when everyone doubted if God was there, 
God was always working. He wasn't silent. And so he's writing the never-ending story because it's an everlasting story. Yeah. That's the beauty. That's so the beauty. So it was a really cool it. Sunday because yeah. it was like when you when you turn the pages from the Old Testament to the New Testament, the Old Covenant to the New Covenant, it's not by coincidence that the very first gospel, the very first chapter, the very first recorded set of words is a genealogy of Jesus. Because what does it do? It takes you all the way back in the story. God hasn't forgotten. That's what we've been learning. God is faithful to do what God promises to do. So for so many people, they open it up and like, hey, it's time to read the Christmas story at Christmas time. (laughs) And they just, they go past that part. They start at, you know, Mary and Joseph and, you know, and the, and the whole story yeah. so that they can read the nativity or they go to Luke chapter one and two. But Matthew was very strategic in his gospel. I want you to see and I want you to know that everything God has been doing and saying that you know about in our story has come true. Yeah. And then we get the list of names. And it's beautiful. It's fantastic. It's man. beautiful because the names remind us that God cares about our name. Yes. God cares about your name. God cares about the people who play a part. And God is intentional about who plays a part. Yeah. So when you do read the genealogy, you will see Rahab, the prostitute that we talked about on Mother's Day. Wow. And you will see Ruth, a Moabite, whom God said, don't marry the Moabites and the yeah. Ammonites and the Amalekites. People would try to say, why? Why are they then there? Because it's a reminder that God will use whoever he wants in a story. But here's the bigger picture. God never said other people couldn't join the story. Mm. God told Israel, be set apart from everybody else's story. He told Abraham, I will bless the world through you. Jacob told his son Judah, obedience for all the peoples. Not some, not one group, not one ethnicity. All, everyone's invited into the story of God. That's how you get a Canaanite prostitute named Ruth. That's how you get a Moabite woman, I mean, named Rahab. That's how you get a Moabite woman named Ruth in the story because everyone's invited into God's story. He just said, make sure you trust my story. You're not following someone else's. Yeah. Scripture says he's no respecter of man in the sense of like, I'm going to do what I need to do with who I want to do, when I want to do it, and yes, how sir. I want to do it, right? Yep. Yep. That's it. <laughs> this is awesome. So that's the beginning. This is, yeah. Now it's all things Jesus for, for a few weeks. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah, this is going to be super good. There's a lot to unpack. Um, this was a lot to unpack. Yeah. Um, because you're just, you're you're going from beginning all the way up. You're basically doing a full <laughs> Uh, one message of 30, 30, 32 messages in one message. Let's go. Give me, give me five hours. Man. No, this. you gave me 35 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, in, in a podcast. However, here's the reminder for everyone. Yeah. We are not chopping off the Old Testament. Yeah. It is not, oh, now we're in the new. Yeah. yeah, yeah Forget yeah. the old. Our goal is to show you through the rest of God's story how it all connects. Yes. So that's why we did what we did on Sunday. That's why we're talking about it here for those that yeah. listen and watch. We want you to see everything is leading to Jesus. Everything goes back to Jesus, and it's all connected to Jesus, every bit of the story. Yeah, and you know, continue. Continue to read 
through some of the Old Testaments that we we may maybe didn't get through, like Nehemiah, Daniel, um, Malachi, just uh, so many that we didn't. Um, and we talked about the reason behind that last yeah. week. And so, um, but everything is connected together, and we're going to push through and move forward. And we hope that this was a, a just a great kickstart, man. Kind of first half, right? Here yeah. we are, second half. Getting and it's ready, kind of like two thirds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. We got four months it's left. It's true. It's true. Know? So that's why it's going to be a lot of the story of Jesus, a lot of the New Testament church, and then we're jumping into Revelation and yeah, right. So it'll be a hop skip. And I remember uh, when I first came in, you were doing Revelation things. Yes, and we that. Did that. So if people want to know and you more of Revelation. That. We went chapter by chapter. Yeah, that was really a, during was, the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> not not because of the pandemic. Let's clarify that for everybody. This was before we had even planned the pandemic for a year, happened. Yeah. Told our church crazy in an eerie, scary way. Yeah. We started it and the whole world shut down. <laughs> but we saw growth. Yes, we did. Yes, it we was did. incredible, so, right? It wasn't we didn't pivot. Well, you know, we I stayed the course. Stayed the course. And so And we're staying the course right now. So yeah. stay on this adventure. Yeah. Keep listening, keep watching, keep posting, keep sharing. Yes. As we said earlier, spread the word. Share it with people. Let them know this resource is here for them. Yeah. And uh, and then if you're local and you got some skills and talents, email us or DM us. If uh, you have some time and you're like, hey, I want to help you guys with this podcast and, and get it you know, to new levels. Yeah, big time. So email us, postsundaypodcast at gmail.com if that's something you're interested in, as well as submit your questions. You got any questions on what we talked about today or the last 33 weeks? And we want to hear from you. So post Sunday podcast at gmail.com or you can DM us at any of our social media platforms as well. Don't forget, man, like, subscribe, follow, hit the notification button bell uh, to get up to date on every podcast, either through audio or video uh, to stay up to date with us and be with us as we continue on this story. And everything is available for you guys in, in a preaching segment at our uh, Genesis Church Orlando YouTube page. So go check that out. You can view it weeks 1 through 33. And then we're going to keep rolling along right here as we continue the New Testament. So thank you guys so much for, for staying with us. We love uh, your, your um, following up with us and being a part of what we're doing. We love the support. Keep going at it. Keep spreading the word. We'll see you guys back here next week. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.